My name is Padraig Tuma, and what I love about poetry is that it's always trying to do a few things at once. Sometimes the person speaking in a poem, the I, sometimes that person is really frustrated and annoyed, and the idea is that when I'm reading that poem, I can be brought along and feel like I'm on their side, and I get them, and I wouldn't make the same mistakes as the people who are annoying them. But always in those poems too, there's the invitation to consider it from the other side and to begin to realise, oh, maybe I'm the one who's annoying that poet and maybe I wouldn't get it. And that the poem itself is calling me into a new imagination of myself, especially when I face my realities. I invite my parents to a dinner party by Chen Chen. In the invitation... I tell them for the seventeenth time, the fourth in writing, that I am gay. In the invitation, I include a picture of my boyfriend and write, you've met him two times, but this time you will ask him things other than can you pass the whatever. You will ask him about him. You will enjoy dinner. You will be enjoyable. Please RSVP. They RSVP. They come. They sit at the table and ask my boyfriend the first of the conversation starters I slip them upon arrival. How is work going? I'm like the kid in Home Alone, orchestrating every movement of a proper family, as if a pair of scary yet deeply incompetent burglars is watching from the outside. My boyfriend responds in his chipper way. I pass my father a bowl of fishbowl soup. So comforting, isn't it? My mother smiles her best, sitting with her son's boyfriend, who was a boy, smile. I smile my, hooray for doing a little better, smile. Everyone eats soup. Then my mother turns to me, whispers in Mandarin, is he coming with you for Thanksgiving? My good friend is, and she wouldn't like this. I'm like the kid in Home Alone, pulling on the string that makes my cardboard mother more motherly. Except she is not cardboard. She is already exceedingly my mother, waiting for my answer. While my father opens up a Boston Globe when the invitation clearly stated no security blankets. I'm like the kid in Home Alone, except the home is my apartment and I'm much older and not alone, and not the one who needs to learn, has to remind me what's in that recipe again, my boyfriend says to my mother, as though they have always easily talked, as though no one has told him many times what a non-linear slapstick meets slasher flick meets psychological pit he is now co-starring in. Remind me, he says, to our family. first came across Chen Chen when I read his book When I Grow Up I Want to Be a List of Further Possibilities Um, so I've been a fan of Chen Chen's for a while so I saw this poem in a magazine and thought that it was quite brilliant and 
the setting of the poem just makes it so easy to follow along. It's like a story unfolding. It's a great narrative poem. And in it, he hides all these brilliant reflections. So many poems are in conversation with a piece of old mythology. And what I love about what Chen Chen's doing here is that his poem is in a conversation with Home Alone. And he treats Home Alone as a coming of age narrative, as a thing, as a story that people would have turned to in conversation with their lives. And by so doing, he lifts Home Alone to the level of mythology and formative narratives. But that's what every piece of mythology is. It always started off as a story told kids at night or a story that was kind of scandalous and filled with sex and death and fights and reconciliations. And so um, he, in many ways, shows us how movies are the mythologies of today. And he does something brilliant as a poet in the context of bringing the story of Home Alone into this poem, which is so filled with humour as well as filled with great sadness, I think, and great hope. Chen Shen uses uh, humour and the kind of humorous stating of bald fact in this poem to great effect. Like this poem could be called My Parents Disappoint Me and we would enter into this poem with a much different sensibility instead of which the poem is just called a very basic thing I invite my parents to a dinner party and then the way within which they RSVP, they come there's that very clever, almost Winnie the Pooh style um, narration when it says, my mother smiles her best sitting with her son's boyfriend who is a boy smile. I smile my hooray for doing a little better smile. And in the poem, so many of those titled smiles are in capital letters. You know, they're, they're capitalized. The first letter of each of those words, sitting with her son's boyfriend who is a boy smile, as if there is such a smile which there is, and clearly he is letting people know that there is that kind of awkward, forced smile coming from both him and from her, and the modest ways within which when people are placed in awkward situations of new learning, that even small progress is progress, and that we might find a way to support each other in small progresses. And that's the thing, is that the poet has modest expectations here, and even those modest expectations for much of the poem, you realise, aren't progressing along so easily. And that's sad. It can be difficult when you have something that's important to you that you wish other people to acknowledge being important. And when that's a stumble, when it isn't fluent, there's a real hope, I think, that there could be fluency in this poem. And the boyfriend, when the boyfriend comes in, the boyfriend brings great fluency when he comes in as character, he says, uh, Chen Chen says, my boyfriend responds in his chipper way. And that could be because he knows everything that's going on and is deciding to say, look, I can be chipper here. It could be that maybe the boyfriend doesn't quite get everything that's going on and is just being chipper because he's not getting why this is so painful to Chen Chen. It's hard to know which. And then toward the end, the boyfriend turns to the mother and says, remind me, what's in that recipe again? As if that's just been a long-standing conversation and they've had loads of conversations before about um, these recipes. And I think that the poem resolves itself into something really beautiful that Chen Chen has been trying to create a situation where his parents will extend something like family to this awkward gathering around a dinner table. And actually it's the boyfriend who does that. And so remind me, he says, to 
our family is the last line and ours. The family is created by the boyfriend's creating of it within this mother, father and son trinity. The boyfriend is the one in the hospitality of language, the nonchalance, maybe the understanding or even the lack of understanding. There is something being created by the latest addition to the table rather than the latest addition to the table being the one who's desperate for approval. I think there's a a moment of change in this poem which moves from the powerful desire that many of us have to want our parents to accept us. Because this poem could have been called I Tried to Make My Parents Accept Me. And the poem really hinges on um, we create a space for my parents. Uh, and we being himself and the boyfriend. And they include the parents in this Our Family And it's uh, beautiful and there is um, a wisdom and a maturity in this poem that has moved beyond the demand for attention and the giving of power to parents to say your approval will or won't dictate my responses to what this circumstance is. And this poem is on that hinge and is moving into that sense of saying, well, no, we're doing it anyway and you're welcome to come along. My parents were really awkward when I was trying to introduce Paul to them and I had in my mind to say let me um, drop his name on the phone regularly so much so that eventually they're going to say how's Paul and that never happened and I was like how on earth can we do this if you're not even going to say his name because I thought step one is going to be doing that and step two is going to be doing that and step three is going to be doing that and um, a friend of mine said why don't a bunch of us go on down to Cork and we'll all meet up because my parents are lovely people and my friend who suggested this uh, knows my parents and said they're great and the idea of something can sometimes mean that people feel awkward meeting people face to face is going to be totally different so we went down and uh, there were six of us went down from Belfast and met up with my parents and um, it was all a bit awkward and then Paul turned to my dad and said to my dad um, can you explain Schrodinger's cat to me And my father looked at him with this absolute delight and glee because if there's one pathway to my father's heart, it's physics. And so dad and Paul chatted away about Schrodinger's cat. And then a few months later at one of my sister's weddings, Paul um, went and asked my mum out for a waltz during the dance. And um, a few months later, I was down in Cork and my mum said to me, come here. And she gave me a packet and in the packet was a blanket that she'd knit. She's a great knitter. And um, she said, that's for Paul. Tell him thanks for the dance. And I had had a number of years of trying to initiate what the conversation and the language of acceptance would be. And in many ways, my attempts for those were limited because I thought that they would be on the way that I would measure progress. And they weren't. They were in the language of physics and the language of knitting and the language of dancing and the language of gesture and the language of person to person. And it's still awkward in the sense of that I live in an Ireland and I'm 44 and I, I, I've grown up during a period of time when people 
have learnt awkwardness about these things and so it's never going to we're never going to be undo the fact that that's the Ireland that I grew up in but it's changed so much and I had to learn to observe the language of love as it would work rather than dictate the language of love as I thought it should be I think what we need to recognise when we're in moments like this is that all the languages are necessary. The language of language, of words, the language of gesture, the language of proximity, the language of attempt, the language of failure, and then where we can, the language of forgiveness when things don't work out, and the language of repetition. There's so many languages happening in the context of this poem, and all of them are contributing towards people moving closer towards each other and appreciating the substance of each other's lives in a way that is beneficial and dignifying. And it can feel painful that we need to school each other in those ways. But I think the imagination that we are always going to be the ones who need to school other people in our ways. That's limited because eventually somebody else is going to be schooling us in the way of understanding their life and we might feel unfluent and awkward and trying to figure it all out and somebody else might be frustrated at us that we're not getting it. And so there's a an easy way to try to identify with the narrator in this poem, the I, Chen Chen, in this poem, but I find myself, and I think especially as a gay man, I find myself immediately identifying with him and thinking, oh God, the awkwardness of that and the difficulty of it. I wonder though, where will be the situation in my life where I will be identified with the parents in this and I will seem slow to understand and slow to appreciate and awkward and asking questions that other people might wish I weren't asking. And how can we navigate what the language of gesture and time and repetition and engagement and trying looks like in that context? I invite my parents to a dinner party by Chen Chen. In the invitation, I tell them for the 17th time, the fourth in writing, that I am gay. In the invitation, I include a picture of my boyfriend and write, you've met him two times, but this time you will ask him things other than can you pass the whatever. You will ask him about him. You will enjoy dinner. You will be enjoyable. Please RSVP. They RSVP. They come. They sit at the table and ask my boyfriend the first of the conversation starters I slip them upon arrival. How's work going? I'm like the kid in Home Alone, orchestrating every movement of a proper family, as if a pair of scary yet deeply incompetent burglars is watching from the outside. My boyfriend responds in his chipper way. I pass my father a bowl of fishball soup. So comforting, isn't it? My mother smiles her best, sitting with her son's boyfriend, who is a boy, smile. I smile my hooray for doing a little better smile. 
everyone eats soup. Then my mother turns to me, whispers in Mandarin, Is he coming with you for Thanksgiving? My good friend is, and she wouldn't like this. I'm like the kid in Home Alone, pulling on the string that makes my cardboard mother more motherly. Except she is not cardboard. She is already exceedingly my mother, waiting for my answer. While my father opens up a Boston Globe when the invitation clearly stated no security blankets. I'm like the kid in Home Alone, except the home is my apartment. And I'm much older and not alone and not the one who needs to learn has to Remind me what's in that recipe again, my boyfriend says to my mother, as though they have always easily talked, as though no one has told him many times what a non-linear slapstick meets slasher flick meets psychological pit he is now co-starring in. Remind me, he says to our family. Parents to a Dinner Party by Chen Chen was originally published in Poem a Day on April 19th, 2018 by the Academy of American Poets. Thank you to Chen Chen for giving us permission to use his poem. You can find a link to the poem in our show notes, along with Podrick's guiding question for this episode. Bound is Chris Hegel, Aaron Kalasako, Siri Grassley, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, Christiane Wartell, Gotham Shrikishan, Karen Navar Wiki, Karen Towie, Suarisa, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gotham Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen. And if you want even more Podrick and poetry in your life, visit us at onbeing.org, where we've recently launched an entirely new way to experience poetry. Listen, watch, or read hundreds of poems from our collection. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.